You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today, I've got a uh, return guest, John Pullman, a freelance contributor to Ducks Unlimited magazine and ducks.org. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Chris. Always happy to join you. You know, John and I have been talking offline a little bit and, you know, just discussing some different tactics, pieces. And and John recently did a feature for Ducks Unlimited Magazine on the five simple spreads for waterfowl. You know, we get into the complexities of decoy spreads and, you know, paying attention to certain things. But sometimes, you know, just being, you know, the most basic spreads, sometimes are the most efficient and the most effective. Uh, for hunters to look at. So I just wanted to have John join me today. And we were just going to kind of run through and just talk about some of these, you know, really simple spreads. And, and John, when you started out, when you when you began writing this feature, you know, how did you approach this as like, all right, I'm going to go with, you know, not necessarily basic, but just like a simple decoy spread. How did you approach that? Sure. Well, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, this the idea that bigger is better is um, is something that it's easy to get uh, wrapped into as a duck hunter and as a goose hunter. And, um, you know, and, and let's face it, a giant spread of, you know, a big floater spread or big field spread is fun to look at. It's sure fun to, uh, to, uh, to hunt out of. But it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And sometimes, like you said, too, it's just not the most effective. And so what I did is I tried to look at five different scenarios 
where a smaller spread is actually going to be more effective for you. It's obviously going to be a little bit easier to set up. Um, it's not going to take so many people uh, to, to do the work. But m- like I say, most importantly, it's going to be the most effective way to put uh, put birds on the strap. And so I try to f- pick five kind of different areas um, that would uh, kind of cover the, the gamut that, that waterfowl hunters encounter throughout the year. And uh, started with uh, kind of a small puddler setup from a, a good friend out in New York, Mike Barton. When I look at the spread and the diagrams are on ducks.org, you can check them out. Um, you know, this is something that that can work anywhere across the country. Uh, you know, it's not uh, sometimes we do some different decoy diagrams that are very region specific. But this one really, you know, you can do this anywhere from, you know, California to Washington to South Carolina, this spread would be, you know, beneficial to, to implement for any hunter out there. And, and what were some of the main takeaways from Mike when, when he started explaining how he approached putting the spread together? Yeah, absolutely. So Mike hunts up in, in upstate New York. And, um, you know, the spread um, that he shared with me is one that he uses in kind of in the early season. And like you say, this is something that it would work and it does work out here in, out on the prairies in South Dakota. Really anywhere, an early season scenario where you have kind of a mixed bag of, of ducks that you're targeting. And that's kind of the, the real highlight of his spread was that he's, he likes to use decoys of that, you know, um, the species specific that he is seeing in the area at that time. He doesn't use a lot of them, but he uses them um, kind of characteristic, characteristically too that, you know, wood ducks he sees are going to be off on their own, black ducks he, that he sees are only going to be off on their own type of things. And so he uses that mix of decoys, um, small numbers, kind of mimic what he's seeing on the marsh at that time. And um, the big thing for him is that he you know, when you're, when you're talking early season hunting and, and it's true here in South Dakota, and I think it's true in a lot of places in the, particularly in the Northern part of the, of North America, where ducks maybe aren't necessarily as receptive to calling. And so mm-hmm. location is a big, big thing. And then visibility is a big thing. And so Mike, you know, makes a point of, of noting that, you know, he's got these decoys kind of separated in these little pockets um, as he sees them on the marsh. But then visibility, whether it's a motion decoy or a jerk string, that's the real big key. And then placing that motion decoy in a way where the, that the sun is going to catch those wings as they flash. Um, and that's that visibility, that that spark of motion is really what draws attention to this small decoy spread. Yeah. And I think another thing to point out here um, that I really took away from it is the separation of species. Uh, yeah. We talk about that uh, even at where I hunt with some of the guys that I hunt with. The importance of separating those species sometimes is, is you know, is crucial. At other times it's not. But, you know, when you're putting together one of these very specific spreads, mm-hmm. um, you know, having your wood ducks in one corner, having your black ducks separated from your widgeon and your pintails, you know, it's it, it, it can make a difference. And I think that that's definitely one takeaway that I took from this spread. And I think it goes back to just the realism, the, the mimicking what you're seeing on the marsh at that time. And for Mike in the early season and, and for other hunters in early season, you've got, you know, different species that are maybe used in a particular corner of a marsh at one time. Mimic what you see and keep it as realistic as possible and, and give the ducks one less reason to, uh, to, to not come into decoys. Yeah, that's always a good idea. Uh, <laughs> the next one on the list is uh, green timber greenheads. And this is, to be honest, you know, this is one thing that I struggle with, um, you know, growing up in the Midwest and then moving down here in the South, I do hunt some green timber. Um, but I'd never really, you know, thought out, had a well thought out decoy spread for the timber until, you know, 
the last couple of years where I've really started putting some emphasis on on really trying to to separate myself and my decoys from other people. Um, but you talk to Tony Vandemore up there in Missouri, and, and they hunt some bottomlands and and different different types of it's flooded timber habitats. And and what did Tony explain how he approaches his timber spread? Absolutely, you know, and if anybody that knows, you know, if you've watched videos of Tony or if you've been able to hunt up at his place at Habitat Flats, you know that the the guy's not afraid to put out decoys. When it calls mm-hmm. for it, he is he is not afraid to use a big bunch just for visibility and for getting attention, you know, for trafficking birds. But when it comes to his hunting these little flooded timber spots that they have, you know, he really minimizes the number of decoys he has and really separates them into uh, two groups. And the bigger bunch of decoys he places on the upwind side of the hole and um, kind of tied up against the timber a little bit and then only places maybe a handful, five, six, seven decoys on the downwind side. And the idea, and this is all based on, you know, what Tony has experienced and in, in, in his uh, watching how ducks work, the timber holes that he's hunting, is that these birds, when they filter down through the timber, that they kind of bounce between these two little pockets of decoys before settling down and, and obviously giving the, the hunters a chance to make a shot. And what he, what he thinks and what his experience has showed him is that it keeps those ducks from filtering off into the trees before the, before you mm-hmm. get a chance to, to get a shot at them. So kind of like I say, he has these two little pockets, one on the, on the upwind side, the bigger number, and then on the downwind side up against the, the, the trees, a smaller number of decoys. And like I say, those birds filter in and they kind of bounce back and forth. And as they're bouncing back and forth, that's when you call the, that's when you call the shot. Yeah. And one thing, you know, that is not really, um, you know, added into this diagram. And I know just from experience from being up there to hunt in some of his little timber holes that he has, um, he's not afraid to put some Canada goose decoys in there either. And that's not because yeah. they're shooting a bunch of Canada's. It's because those large decoys, um, yeah. you know, they have that wide on the bottom, you know, that they really, really show up from the air and he's running a lot of traffic and, and mainly mallards really. Um, but you know, those Canada goose decoys can really stick out and it gives his little spread you know a little bit of a different look from anything else that these ducks are seeing and i think that's that's certainly one thing for people to keep in mind yeah that's one tip that that if i've taken from talking to tony over the last you know 10 12 years that i've been doing this that he is big on visibility and and when you're especially when you're trafficking birds and whether it's in a timber hole or one of his little you know you know water holes or a flooded corner whatever it is it's it's getting visibility giving those ducks a reason to come take a look and then that's when the calling and the and the motion and the jerk screen all that stuff comes into play but it is when you're when you're trying to traffic birds and they have they are going from point a to point b and you're trying to get them to stop someplace in between, you have to get their attention somehow. And that's where he'll use, you know, Canada goose decoys uh, predominantly in a lot of his spreads just because of their visibility factor. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of guys who who do that. And that is a that is a little helpful trick for people, even though you you may not be targeting candidates. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad idea to throw a few out there just as, a, you know, as really a, add to that visibility and that realism. Uh, you know, number three is in really from your neck of the woods and, and as far as the prairie pothole and, and a lot of our listeners, you know, do travel up there um, early in the season. You know, they're traveling to the, the prairies and, and getting in some of these little prairie hunts, but some of them may not really understand how the bird behavior up there is so much different than even mm-hmm. what it is down here, especially this time of year. Um, you know, how did you, know, you used Bill Wilroth, which is owner of Dakota Decoy Company? 
you know, how did he explain his approach to hunting a small prairie pothole? Yeah, exactly. And again, like so many of these examples, this is based on his experience. You know, these are guys that that have, have hunted across North America and they've kind of seen it all. And this was the first one. And when I asked him about if he had a kind of a small decoy set up or, or a, a place where he's used a small spread to be effective, he, he there was no hesitation. He knew the exact hunt to think of. Um, and uh, they were hunting in uh, North Dakota a few years ago and came across this small, probably like a quarter acre size pothole, 30 yards wide across type of a deal. And it was just wall to wall mallards. And so next morning they're thinking, you know, game on, this is going to be it. It's going to be, it's one of these, one of these little potholes that they hop into in the morning before they hit the green field type of a deal. And, uh, so they covered that thing with decoys and they had multiple spinners out there and, you know, there was no way those ducks were going to, were going to avoid this decoy spread. Well, first flock comes in and they were hanky. They just, there was something they didn't like. Second flock did the same thing. And he's no, you know, it's one of those things where you either got to make a change or, you know, you, you're, you're going to, you're going to be staring at ducks flaring off of something the rest of the morning. So they started pulling decoys, pulled motion decoys, pulled everything. And they kept a small couple of dozen decoys tied up against those cattails and maybe had one or two motion decoys out just uh, away from the blind to kind of take attention away from the blind a little bit. And that was a trick. And it was just night and day. The next flocks that came in, there was no hesitation. It was feet down, you know, back flaps over the decoys and they had a stellar hunt. But it was that realization that filling that really small little pothole um, with decoys was just not the way was just not the ticket that day. And that's a situation we come across, you know, for folks to come up here and freelance on the prairies, you know, your some of your best hunts are going to be on these little small pockets of water, you know, and um and so it's it's something to keep in mind that that more is not necessarily better. That if you're going to err on the side of of something right away, maybe err on the side of keeping it small, keeping it tight up against the cattails, keeping those decoys up close to you, using a little bit of motion to get their attention, and then watch the birds and watch their reaction. Yeah, and I think one thing that he points out here with these small spreads, when you've got them, you've got your decoys tied up to the cattails like that, uh, maybe a couple out there for visibility. You know, I think one thing that people have to remember is some of these little bodies of water you can shoot across yeah even if these ducks land short of the decoys you know they're still within 35 40 yards i mean they're yeah. you know some of these very small pockets of water can hold large numbers of ducks and that and you know not necessarily filling the hole with decoys is a good idea because you know and and another thing you've got when you pro- when you provide more decoys in the hole you've got more reasons for the ducks to find a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that people should probably think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, and just kind of going back to your point about small water holes, I mean, some of my best hunts in South Dakota and have been on these tiny little pockets of water and where, you know, I'll use, I've used as few as maybe three or four decoys in a spinner, a motion decoy, just because I know that's where they want to be. And I don't want to cover up the water. I want to give them spots to land, things like that. And absolutely, I mean, you could, you could, like you see, you could throw a rock across them. I mean, they're so small or even smaller than that, you know. And so, yeah, if in a small spot like that, um, choke things down a little bit. Don't use quite so much. Use some motion. And then, like I say, watch with the birds, how they react. Yeah, you know, I had a place in Indiana like that when I was growing up that was just a small little slough. And we first started out, you know, we're trying to drag decoys into this spot. And and what we realized was, like you said, two or three decoys. (laughs) The ducks want to be there anyway. They're trying to get away from, you know, they're trying to get away from the crowds and they're trying to get away from um, anything that could 
potentially harm them. And, and so we were throwing two or three decoys and we probably didn't even need that. You know, one decoy in the middle probably would have done it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a passion for throwing decoys. So, you know, throwing, uh, throwing these tiny spreads is like, it, it takes a lot for me to, uh, to try and convince myself that that's going to work. I, I, I like decoy spreads and, and I like throwing decoys. Exactly. It's counterintuitive in some ways, you know, cause like that's, it's what we've grown up doing and grown up using you know, these big decoy spreads or thinking that more is better, but it's easy to overthink it sometimes. Keep it simple. And you and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Usually that's the best way. All right, and the next one's a backwater mallards, and and the gentleman that you use for this um, is from California. Yet, you know, looking at the diagram and looking at the how the how the spread is set up, it's very similar to what we were just kind of discussing. But but this spread is beneficial for anyone across the country. You know, it's very easily could be you know replicated, and and really looks like something that hunters all over the country could use. And, and it's called like a backwater mallard. Um, kind of explain where where this idea came from. Sure. And talking to Scott, he hunts out in Sacramento Valley, and he um, there's a as you can imagine, there's a lot of hunting pressure out there. And um, his spread is as much a reaction to uh, or in response, I should say, to that hunting pressure as it is to anything and that he's trying to do something different um uh, in the scenario that he hunts quite often there's a main river channel and he's targeting these ducks on these small little shoots of water that run off of the run off of that main river channel and you know these ducks in this area they get used to seeing the same thing day after day after day and and that's i mean how how will that is something that we run into across you know every hunter can identify with where ducks get used to seeing the same spread um, morning after morning and you know scott's reaction to that or his response to that is again just making everything bringing everything small um using only maybe three or four decoys in this hole um perhaps maybe even only using a jerk string 
you know, only those decoys in the hole just to make it look different from what these birds have been seeing, you know, day after day. And so, like I say, any situation where you've got a, maybe a main river channel or some, a main travel corridor where these birds are, are working and then some sort of little side shoot or uh, an offshoot from that river or whatever, um, using some motion on a jerk string or um, a small number of decoys uh, to to do something different. And um, and it's been really effective for, for Scott over the years. Yeah, and this really looks like, you know, me just kind of rolling through my head here. Um, it looks like a great spread to use, you know, where you've got three, four decoys just on a jerk, jerk string. And those are the only decoys you're using. It kind of looks like something that, you know, someone could implement on a day that doesn't have much wind. You know, we mm-hmm. fa- we're, I'm facing a lot of that this year um, in Arkansas where we just, the days I've been able to hunt, I just haven't had the conditions. Uh, you know, we have the ducks, but it's something that if you throw out a big spread and there's no wind and there's not much motion out there, you just don't provide that realistic look. And keeping every single decoy that you throw out, which may only be four, keeping those moving you know, really, I think adds to, to Scott's spread here. And I think, you know, that gives that different look that, you know, the hunting, like you said, the hunting pressure there in Sacramento Valley is, is pretty heavy and, you know, giving a totally realistic view is I think just critical and it's something that, you know, hunters may look at doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's anything more depressing than setting up on a morning and having no wind and you've got (laughs) four, five, six dozen decoys out there that are just sitting there lifeless. And I I think you're exactly right. This is a, this is a chance to add some motion. And with that small number of decoys there, you know, there's no way to make four or five dozen decoys move when there's no wind, but you can do it with a jerk string with a handful of decoys. And like I say, it's something that really works for Scott. Number five on the list here is a cold combo for late season geese. And and you reached out to Ben Cade in Minnesota. You know, you've used him as a resource many times before. You know, I'm, I'm very familiar with some of the, the things that he does. But this spread looks like, um, you know, something that could be imp- implemented on any, you know, kind of small creek, river, um, anything that, you know, as that temperature changes and these bodies of water start to lock up, yet there's an open hole. Um, it looks like he he's really set up for those types of conditions. Uh, do you want to explain kind of what Ben does that really sets his spread apart? Sure. And this is you know this is a tactic that I hear a lot of goose hunters talk about when it when you're when you're late season, the temperatures are cold, there's snow on the ground, there's ice, and that's to use um, sleeper shells, um, sleeper shell decoys that that you know when you watch these big birds come in when it's cold out, whether they're in the field or they're landing on on a on on a ice icy shoreline or whatever it may be, they hit the ground and they, or, you know, they land and then they hit the ground and they tuck their, they tuck those feet underneath and they are, are, um, it, it looks exactly like a sleeper shell. You know, it, it's, and I think that's, that's the key to Ben's spread here is that he, he doesn't use a ton of decoys, but the majority of the ones that he does use are sleeper shells up on the ice to give it that realistic look, because that's what, that's what these big birds are doing this time of the year. And I can say that if, if, you know, listeners out there, if you've never had the chance to hunt, Canada geese late season over water. It is a, it's fantastic. It's probably my favorite way to hunt Canada geese um, because they are, it seems like they are just more receptive um, in that situation to calling, uh, more receptive to the flagging, more receptive to the decoy spread. And more often than not, you've got those birds at your, you know, in the hole. Um, It's just a great way to hunt those birds. But like I say, his big thing is stacking that, whether it's a, um, a sandbar or an ice shell out in the river or whatever it is stacking that with some sleeper shells and then adding some 
floaters out of the water to kind of position those birds for for landing to kind of to create a pocket for uh, for the for uh, for those birds as they're approaching. Um, but the majority of his decoys are up on the ground, sleeper shells down, make it look realistic, and um, it's a great way to hunt Canada geese. You know, this spread set up. You know, really, it's you know a small water tactic as well. I mean, some of these little backwater sloughs and and creeks and rivers. You know, they offer hunters the opportunity to to set up in in a place where once these birds commit they're in there and this is like you said it's fantastic hunting these you know big birds over over water like this and and it really provides some of the most uh you know engaging shots i should say i mean sometimes you get these big birds at eight ten yards and that's you know they feel yeah. like they're getting ready to land in your lap it's a really really exciting way to do it and and i think one thing you stressed here with with ben's spread is he does add a couple full bodies in the mix you know you look at a flock of geese that are resting on a sandbar or ice shelf or whatever not all of them are asleep you know <laughs> they're smart enough to know that you know a few of them have to keep a lookout and and he does add in a couple full bodies there um, just to provide that another layer of realism i think it's a pretty cool spread absolutely absolutely you know i'm just kind of thinking out loud here and this and you've kind of hinted at this already that these spreads are primarily, you know, small water spreads are designed for, or small decoy spreads are, are designed kind of for small spaces. And, you know, as hunters look at opportunities throughout the year, um, don't ignore these small little areas, these small pockets of water, small marshes or, or whatever it is, be, just like what you said. Because when those birds do it, when they do it, they don't have much of a choice but to be right there in your face in shooting range. And um, it's, it's like I said, it's probably one of my favorite ways to hunt are these little small spots that um, they, the birds don't have a chance to land short. They don't have a chance to, uh, to you know, land on the other side of the lake or the other side of the bigger slough. When they're there, they are there. And um, it just seems like the uh, your hunting success goes up and it's just a lot of fun to be able to see those birds up close. Yeah. And, you know, everyone wants to see these big flocks of two and three hundred birds, you know, come feet down in. But, you know, the reality is with some of these small spaces, you know, you may not have it may not be a volume game. You know, you may only have two or three flocks come in. But on the flip side of that, your opportunities to actually knock those birds down and decoy mm -hmm. them in close, you know, increases dramatically there i'll take 12 mallards at at 15 yards versus 75 at at 60 so <laughs> that's exactly right yeah uh you know we can I, we can watch birds all day long but if we're trying to put them in close and, and yeah. get you know really really clean shots um you know some of these spreads are, are definitely something that that people should look at and and another thing you know just to add on to this if you go through this article and you're, you're kind of looking at it um, every single one of these pieces has a motion element. And that's something that I know you probably, we've talked about before, but you know, how are you kind of explaining to people like, all right, you know, you can do this and do that, but you're going to want to add some type of motion into these small little potholes. Absolutely. Well, and again, it goes back to, you know, if you're, you know, I, if you're hunting a small little a small little opening in a, in a cattail marsh or a, um, uh, a small bend in the river, you know, down below the trees or whatever it may be, you've got to have something to get their attention, you know, and especially if you're working traffic or something like that, where these birds are, you're trying to get them to stop in between points A and B, you know, it is, it is 
really important to have something there to, to get their attention, um, whether it's use of Canada goose decoys or whatever, but motion is the best way. And, you know, when you're talking geese, uh, flagging is probably the most effective thing that, that I have seen when it's ducks, you know, motion decoys are great, but in all honesty, everyone that I talk to, every veteran duck hunter that I've talked to always says if they have to bring one thing to the blind um and 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 they they have to leave everything else at home but they want to make sure that they put ducks on the strap it's a jerk string and it it's as old as time you know it's been around a long time but it's it's been around because it's really effective and again it goes back to adding that motion on the water when it, when the weather is calm or whatever it may be adding that motion on the water get their decoys make it look realistic and um yeah you get you can probably kill ducks and geese over these small spreads without motion but if you want to do it successfully and consistently you have to add that element and you have to have that element in there to be uh to put birds in the pocket well man john that's been great um i think this provides you know our listeners and anybody out there a pretty good idea of of what to look for some some changes maybe some smaller spreads you know look at mixing things up adding motion i mean i think all these are are good topics that we could probably dive deeper into but you know if anyone wants to check that out you know it is it's five simple decoy spreads and it covers ducks geese you can check that out on ducks.org um, or you can you check it out in the past issue of the magazine as well but john thanks for joining me i really really appreciate you doing this absolutely thanks chris i appreciate it i'd like to thank my guest john pullman for coming on and talking decoy spreads with me i'd like to thank clay baird our producer for doing a great job and i'd like to thank you the listener for joining us on the du podcast and supporting wellands conservation Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. 
Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside.